I'm Jack Kennedy, and we're here to bring you the latest in MMA. My name is Hunter Boss, and what the boss says goes. What is up, everyone? My name is Keaton McNamara, and you already know what time it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MMA Island podcast. Back at it again. I am Jack Kennedy alongside Kaylin McNamara and Hunter Boss. And let's get started with the news. Well, if you follow MMA, which I'm assuming you do if you're watching this podcast, you're aware of the Chael Sonnen debacle stuff that's going on. Uh, apparently, he fought five guys or he has five charges against one guy that he fought for defending his wife's honor. A whole bunch of stuff. Dan Hooker and John Jones are getting into it, like over stuff with some hilarious back and forth. Hunter, break down what your thoughts are on the situation from what we know so far regarding Chael Sonnen. Yeah, so, I mean, from what I could tell from the things I've read, uh, there's five different battery charges against Chael Sonnen, and this is because there were some dudes talking poorly about Chael Sonnen's wife. And so as Chael Sonnen does, you know, he defends his wife's honor, and apparently he didn't even beat up the guys. He just verbally threatened them and then maybe i think apparently he laid a hand on one of them but i'm not sure but to even talk about the dan hooker and john jones twitter debacle i gotta say dan hooker 10 aided john jones yeah. over here <laughs> yep. this man is the first person to really beat john jones and if you guys aren't familiar you know john jones is trying to act all respectful and trying to it's like the fakest way to say, hey, we both have uh, assault charges and having to do something to do with our wives. You know, we're not the same. And I know you made fun of me before, but I'm different now. So I'm not going to fake fun of you. I'm just going to state that you did this. And then Dan Hooker comes back and says, you know what? He was defending his wife. You were attacking your wife. So, I mean, I hate to be that guy, but Dan Hooker is 100% right. I mean, <laughs> he is. He is 100% right. And as Chael Sonnen once said, this is the, I love this. I love this video now even more than I do because of what's happening. Whether it's one-on-one, two-on-one, or five-on-one, you're going to need nine-one-one when you're done with Chael Sonnen. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> yeah, oh, literally. Man. Oh, yep. man. Keelan, take it away. Oh, boy, this is good. <laughs> um, <laughs> dude, there are so many different storylines intertwining here. It, it is genuinely fantastic, but let's take them one at a time. First of all, Mr. Chill P. Summon, the mayor of Westland, Oregon. We all know this. The American gangster himself, back at it. Um, yeah, I'm a. This is probably no shock, but I'm in Chill Summon's side here. Um, you know, I actually, you know, this is a guy I've criticized before, but I actually have to give him his credit because the first guy who gave us a clear narrative of what happened was Brendan Schaub. So I, he deserves his credit if what he said is true, because he's the first person who really cleared this all up. And for those who are somehow, and I do emphasize somehow are unfamiliar with this, basically the story Brendan Shaw outlines is Chael Sonnen has finished watching the fight. He goes up to his hotel room with his wife, presumably to go to bed for the night, as you do. Some guy is in the, his hotel room with his friends and his wife and starts talking mad shit about Chael's wife. Chael, as any decent man would do, then proceeds to go over and smack said guy 
presumably said guys amigos as well so quite frankly even though there are five battery charges against chill that part is true if the story is true and i would believe that it is because it sounds very believable then i'm on chill son inside here you know someone made a comment a while ago i think it was mike tyson but it could be someone else i'm not too sure but somebody said social media made you all way too comfortable with talking shit and not getting punched in the mouth for it. And I agree with him. Quite frankly, shit like this has been brewing for a long time. If you talk smack about someone's wife, expect a response. You know, if you're big enough to give it, you're big enough to take it. And Chill Sun and give it to them the way any of us would have. So yeah, I'm on Chill Sun and side here if this is the true story. And he did what anyone else would have done. So I'm not going to sit here and be a hypocrite and say Chill's the bad guy, ironically, when he actually <laughs> isn't. I didn't even mean to do that. That just happened. That was perfect. No, but exactly. Perfect segue. But no, if that story is what we, what we think it is, as Hunter outlined as well, then Chill Sun and I'm firmly on your side because you did what all of us should do and you did what all men should do, more importantly. So if it's the case, I'm on your side. Now, Mr. Dan Hooker, Mr. John Jones. First of all, John Jones, let's just get straight to this. Who in the blue hell do you think you are trying to claim moral authority on issues involving people's wives? I mean, how many times have we been over this? This is the Giancarlo Esposito breaking bad meme where he's doing up his suit. You are not the same because Chiel is not the same as you. He was defending his wife and you were like the prodigy because you were smacking up yours. So let's be totally real here, John, okay? Stop trying to get Clyde off of this because you're the one person who should be hiding when something like this is happening. And Mr. Dan Hooker, you're absolutely right. You know, Dan Hooker was right. He put him in his place as he needed to be. You know, it's bad enough John Jones trying to claim moral authority on any issue given his recent and current history of things that are going on. But to try and claim it off of someone who was defending their wife, when, John, we know what you did to yours, I'm sorry, John, this isn't your place. Step away, walk away, accept the L, come back next time, because this is not your arena. It is not your space, and it is not your time to talk. Dan Hooker, you firmly did body him at 10-8. And even though Dan Hooker's MMA record mightn't be as good as John Jones, he's a more honest fighter. You know, when was the last time Dan Hooker popped for substances? When was the last time Dan Hooker crashed his Bentley into a pregnant woman's car? When was the last time Dan Hooker fled the scene in a DUI? I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm just laying the facts out here. Chael Sonnen, I think you did the right thing. And Dan Hooker, you did what needed to be done a long time ago. And you put John Jones in his place. Yeah, that was, I don't know if I could say that any better than you just said it right there. Because that was phenomenal. And I agree with everything you just said. Uh, I'll start with the incident itself. I won't talk too much about it because honestly, we don't know the full story. This happened a week, almost two weeks ago, and not too much has unfolded since that. I think Brendan Schaub has had the most detailed description of what we know so far because he talked to Chailson and got his point of view. Um, But what I will say is this. I think that, you know, if someone did that and and if I was in Chailson's situation, I think all of us, at least all three of us right here would have done the exact same thing no matter if there's one versus five people there. And I also think it's phenomenal that if he did fight five people, that's Chael Sonnen at whatever old, he's almost 50, just destroying five people. That just shows you what an absolute legend Chael Sonnen is and, and just what an MMA background can do for you, no matter how old you are. That's besides the point. 
what I want to focus on is John Jones, right? Whenever he first did this, right, it was when I compare this to the Chuck Liddell thing. Remember whenever every thought, everybody thought he got arrested for beating his wife, but it turned out it was the opposite, but it was just the first thing. Like you can't imagine an MMA fighter doing the opposite. Mm-hmm. I kind of think it's the same thing here because whenever it first came out, it was that Chael Sonnen beat his wife was the first thing popping out there because no one, no one knew what happened. They saw he got arrested for five charges of battery with his wife. But then they connected the dots, even though it was completely false narrative. And then that moment is when John Jones hopped on the train before any facts were out within the first 30 seconds of the story breaking. John Jones is like, oh, thank God. I'm not the only one who's done it. That I, I truly believe that's where his mind says that. And we're not supposed to speculate or whatever. But what John Jones is saying regarding the situation where he stands, I think it needs to be commented on. And I think it was wrong. So John Jones saying that puts out the video where he's like, okay, I know you were criticizing me, but you just did the exact same thing I did. So guess what? Now we're both terrible people, but we're not going to criticize whatever. I'm taking the moral high ground between two morally bad people. Well, it turns out Shell Sun didn't even do close to what you did, rather the complete opposite. Well, now who looks like the idiot and Dan Hooker, which is amazing, but it's like the randomest like call person to call out John Jones ever. I'm not against it. Why not? Dan Hooker versus John Jones. Um, Aside, did you know John or uh, Dan Hooker has more wins at heavyweight than John Jones does? Did you guys see that? What do you mean? How does he have more wins at heavyweight? He he took a in in, in New Zealand. He took a fight at heavyweight on short notice. No, he, he didn't. He weighed ninety five pounds less than the dude and won by a TKO. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. I saw, I saw okay, that. Man. Anyways, anyways, uh, but that was besides the point. But I love it. Dan Hooker's calling him out. And Dan Hooker is the ultimate family man. We all know what he has to go through every single time he fights away from his family. I do think that contributes a little bit to the reason he is the one saying this about John Jones. Um, but yeah, I mean, 10-8, you could say 10-5, you could say 10-1 in this whole situation. Because honestly, anything Dan Hooker says to John, what John Jones says, the, the moral value you can't even compare. Because anything John Jones is going to say to try and come back from that, it, does, it doesn't matter what it is. And his comment, whatever, it, it doesn't matter. Dan Hooker's right. John Jones is wrong. I think most people agree with that. We don't know the full situation on Chael Sonnen, but what we do know for sure is that he did not beat his wife. And that is more than John Jones can say. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got to say about that situation. I'm not going to comment on, on the actual Chael Sonnen, what he did or did not do, because we don't know. If we're being honest, we really don't know. Um, but about John Jones' comments, I, I mean – Dan Hooker put him in his place. I think that's all what we can say. Hey, yo, coming into 2022, Rakic is not going to be the most hated <laughs> fighter. That's all I'm hearing right now. Okay. Rakic is already like up. John Jones might be moving up in the pound for pound list right now. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, Dan Hooker blindsided John Jones worse than John blindsided that pregnant lady. Oh, ah. Anyways, hey. I heard uh, we got a different topic, right? <laughs> yes, we Jack, do. Take it away. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right, we're, we're done with Credit that. To Don Credit to Dan Hooker. Credit to Dan Hooker. The phenomenal, whatever we're going to call that. All right. They don't call you the bad guy for nothing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I guess man. not, Chael. Yes, he really said it. All right, best of the best. Let's move on. We're talking about fighters' potential for 2022. What fighter has the most potential going into the new year? Hunter, what do you think? Mm, there is an obvious answer here, and I'm going to take that obvious answer. Right. And that is Kazma Chemaev. He easily has the most potential coming into 2022 because everyone wants to fight him because he is becoming a superstar in the UFC currently. I mean, there was Connor's superstardom in which he had flashy moves and he was 
He was very he was very good. Not many people could touch him, and he also had the, the mouth to back it up. Kazma Chimaev's superstardom right now is looking kind of kind of awesome. I'm not gonna lie. It's he's not getting hit and he's finishing fights within the first round. And he is going out there and he's telling everyone he's gonna murder the competition. And now everyone wants a piece of Kazma Chimaev. I mean, Bilal Muhammad wants a piece of him. Uh the champ said he if he was ready in time, then he would have been fine with it. Uh Leon Edwards has even uh, commented on it. Everyone in the welterweight division has their eyes set on Kazma Chemaev right now. Kazma is in the driver's seat. He gets to go wherever he wants to go because he has been putting on these performances like no other. Oh, Hunter, I am very surprised. That is not the obvious answer here. That's not? I think it, it is. is not. I, mean, I thought it, it was. It I mean, isn't. It isn't. Okay, gonna, okay. Go ahead. I mean, go ahead. Don't get me wrong. Chemaev is a very good answer, but I don't actually necessarily think it's the right one. Just my opinion. Ooh. My answer is the man to whom they call the boogeyman to Israel Adesanya. It's Alex Pereira. Really? Okay. I okay. Think, yes, I think it is. The man who absolutely flattened Andreas Mikadlis with a flying knee. Have we forgotten the man who's allegedly made out of oak, as Joe Rogan said? I think this guy goes into 2022 with the most potential because this guy is insane. Have you seen his kickboxing record? Have you forgotten the knockout? This guy is absolutely nuts. I mean, admittedly, his wrestling is not the best. I don't deny that. But if he tightens that up, he could be an absolute demon for everybody else at middleweight. And I think he's going to be. Alex Pereira brings a level of striking that... I think Alex Pereira is possibly the only person in the UFC right now who exceeds Israel Adesanya in terms of striking sophistication. That's how good I think Alex Pereira is. And I think if you combine that with the state of the middleweight division right now, the fact that there's a scrap at the top five, no one really knows who's top five and who isn't. I think Alex Pereira could be an absolute nightmare for those guys who currently occupy those top five spots. I really, really do. This guy is violence personified. His kickboxing is unmatched. His pure striking is unmatched. And I think Alex Pereira maybe doesn't head into 2022 with as much momentum as Kamzat Shemaev, but I think he could be bigger than Kamzat Shemaev in 2022. Alex Pereira, he's the one to watch. That is fascinating, and I love it. Um, I look personally. I still think Hunter is probably right about Hazmat Jumaya because I think Hazmat could be fighting for a championship by the end of 2022 potentially. Alex Pereira, though, I mean that is a. I you know I didn't even think about that because there's so many fighters yeah. you could choose from, but that is such a great pick, and I a do agree answer. with you honestly. He might be one of the best, if not the best, striker in the UFC, and I know that's a crazy take, but the way he looks in his kickboxing, I think you're absolutely right. Um. For me, I'm going to go a different direction and one that I think Keelan will enjoy. I'm going to go Ian Gary from Ireland. Oh, I like I'm it. There, right? Okay, okay. And I think more than just fighting ability, this guy carries that Irish fighter aura around him. And he was fighting on the, the early prelims, not even the main prelims. It got Olay Chance going in Las Vegas whenever he, lost, he last fought. Now he's coming off a knockout KO walk-off win. He's going to have tremendous hype behind him. He's not going to be fighting the topmost, you know, caliber competition. I think he could get three fights in, three wins, 
and then going into 2023, make himself a big name and this open welterweight division, if we're being honest, with how chaotic it is. Um, he could climb the ranks. I really think Ian Gary is a guy to watch. Uh, and honestly, another reason, too, is he's so well-rounded. He's a phenomenal striker and has knockout power, but he also is good at wrestling and has jujitsu ability as well. So I, I really think this guy is a dangerous threat. And in that first fight against his opponent, I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. He looked shaky. He really didn't throw too much for the first four minutes. But afterwards, I, I really think just getting that first UFC win, getting those nerves out of the way is going to unlock a whole nother version of Ian Gary. And I cannot wait until his next fight. We get to see him compete. Um, it's just, it, he's a phenomenal talent and the hype around him is amazing. And I think we're just seeing, it's so great. We're seeing all these prospects back in the UFC with Hazmat has that, next level uh, confidence and he's dominating everybody like we've never seen before. Alex Pereira is an, a world champion kickboxer, like one of the best kickboxers ever. And he's going in there and he's going to compete uh, and potentially climb the ranks at middleweight and Ian Gary and another one. I don't know if he's going to win a bunch or not, but he's going to be fun. Patty Pimlet. I know it's crazy and it's out there, but Patty Pimlet is a guy that I am so looking forward to seeing every single fight of his because he brings it. He's hilarious. And he's, he's, he's another dude that's going to have just a ton of hype and a ton of fan base built around him. I'm so excited for these guys. Um, a lot of fighters with potential, but as far as lower level guys, that are going to start climbing. Uh, I think Ian Gary is, is probably my pick for a uh, fighter for sure. Well, guys moving, continuing with 2022, What's a bold prediction that we have for the next year? Hunter, what do you think? All right. Now, this one took me a while because yeah. I, I was thinking and I'm thinking and there's I, I was thinking like, eh, not, nothing too bold I think is going to happen this year except for one big thing. And this is my bold boss prediction, okay? Israel Adansaya will not be the middleweight champion by the end of the year. Whoa. Okay. Now, this is because there's a few different aspects here. I think Robert Whitaker could take the belt from him in this next matchup because I do think Robert Whitaker is that good. And we've seen an obvious hole in the game of, of Israel and Saya at light heavyweight, but that doesn't oftentimes translate down to middleweight. So we'll see what actually happens. But Alex Pereira as well, as Keelan mentioned, his last pick, he will also be a huge threat. And I think if they do end up matching up against each other, there's nothing that Izzy has to offer that Alex hasn't seen before. So I think Alex will be able to win that matchup like he has in previous times. So there's a few different ways I can see Izzy losing this year. Doesn't mean it's actually going to happen, but that is my boss prediction. That's a very good prediction. <clears throat> I like it a lot. Um, in 2022, <clears throat> based on the current landscape of the UFC, shall we say, there's not that many major earth-shattering shocks that I can see happening. I think with Amanda Nunez losing her belt was probably the biggest one that we're going to see for a long time. So I actually have a prediction of my own. And my prediction is based on the same division that Hunter's just mentioned. And it involves one of the same fighters that Hunter's just mentioned. Mm. <clears throat> I can't say for certain that Israel Adesanya won't be the middleweight champion by the end of 2022. But I can tell you, he will be fighting Alex Pereira for that belt. No way. This year? 2022, I think Alex Pereira is in the middleweight title picture. And there's two reasons why. Factor number one, Pereira put up just explain one of the 
he just displayed one of the most brilliant knockouts we've seen akin to Corey Samhagen against Frankie Edgar at middleweight. So he's a highlight reel sensation already. And I think he's going to smoke through the rest of the competitors at middleweight because the rest of the competitors at middleweight for the last two to three years, they haven't had to deal with something like Alex Pereira. I actually think Alex Pereira could be the Kamsat Shemaev of 185. That's how I see this going. And I think by the end of 2022, if he's not in a title fight, I think Alex Pereira is within striking range of a middleweight title fight against Israel Adesanya. I think Israel, at this moment in time, I know we'll go into it in more depth the closer the time comes. I can see Israel beating Whitaker again, even though I love Robert Whitaker. But I think Alex Pereira is going to be in that title picture. And the other reason why I think is the second factor. Dana White knows full and well that Pereira has beaten Adesanya and that the pair of history, that is marketable in its own right. Because the only person you can market on that basis right now is Jan Blakovic, and that's in a totally different division because Jan beat Izzy. But in Izzy's own division, where Izzy reigns supreme, you now have that narrative. Because as a fellow shark in the waters who's beaten Israel in his past at that weight class, I think Dana makes that fight towards the end as long as he, as long as Alex Pereira continues that momentum. And I think by the end of 2022, we see the fight that a lot of fans want to see. I think we see Alex Pereira v. Israel Adesanya for the UFC middleweight title. That is crazy. So that would be a major jump in competition every single fight for Alex yeah. Pereira. I, I don't think his wrestling is that good yet. Really you wanted a major shock. Out. I'm giving you major shock. Hey, I think I, it happens. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like bold predictions. All right. Now here's one for me, and this one's gonna pain me a little bit to say. All right. And this is for one fight, so I'll give another one uh, following it. Right. So two kind of half, although they're both bold predictions. So I think that Alexander Volkanovsky is going to beat Max Holloway whenever they fight for the third time. Ooh, I like. Okay. Uh, okay. I like Max. I, look. Max, I'm literally wearing a shirt right now, which is horrible <laughs> why I'm saying this, right? <laughs> I think Volkanovsky, whatever we say about the second fight, I think he is the absolute true champion right now. Um, and I know I'm, if you play a clip from me earlier this year after the Holloway Cater fight, I'm going to make myself look like a fool because I said the exact opposite. Literally January of last year, or like this year compared to right now, I'm I'm making, I'm complete hypocrite because I'm changing my opinion. But after that Alexander Volkanovsky fight against Brian Ortega, and a new Ortega that I thought really was going to be Alexander Volkanovsky, I was convinced Ortega was going to win. The dude showed absolute championship heart and the ability to overcome one of the best guys on the ground in the UFC and then pound him for the remainder of the fight. Um, Max Holloway in this in this. Beginning of the year showed off one of the most, if not the most, dominant performances ever. And then fought Yair Rodriguez, which Yair Rodriguez shocked me, honestly, yeah. more than anything. Yeah, he shocked everyone. He put on a great fight. And I really think Max Holloway looked a little bit slower in that fight. And I want to give all the credit in the world to Yair Rodriguez, and I will give it to him because I think he's the reason he looked Max Holloway. But I think the leg kicks are going to be massive in that fight against Alexander Volkanovsky in the third one. And I just think the grit of Alexander Volkanovsky and the wrestling and just slowing Max Holloway down just that little bit more because we've seen it for two fights. Now Holloway is not able to get off the amount of volume that he is against other fighters against Alexander Volkanovsky. I think unfortunately the chin, the, the trend will continue against Volkanovsky. And I think Volkanovsky wins um, the third fight. At least that's my feeling right now. 
That's my bold prediction. We'll see. The other one I have, and this is another, this is a mainly sad one. I think Jan Blakovic is going to go on a losing streak and retire uh, in 2022. I think after losing to Glover Teixeira, look, I, I, I hope I'm wrong about this. You, one, right? you didn't have to say it, Jack. You I, didn't I, have to say it. I, we were I, all I, thinking it. But, broken Hunter's heart. No, yeah. You know, like, sorry. if my heart wasn't already hurt in December enough, I mean. I'm sorry. got to lay this on me. I'm like, okay. every, you guys are doing all optimistic ones, and I'm bringing it down. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> we needed some negativity. Uh, we, we need some realist. We need some realist stuff in here. Balance Jack's a realist. Balance I feel it. Out, it. Right? I feel it. He lost to Glover Teixeira. He's 38 years old. If he doesn't beat Rakic, I, and I know who we're all going fight. for on this podcast, right? But I think it's a really bad matchup for him, especially right after losing the title. I just, especially in that light heavyweight division, when we see champions lose, it's just the mindset switches a little bit. And it's just, he might go out there and, and, and start swinging, but I just think he's going to be a little gun shy. And I think he might fall into almost, now, Tyron Woodley was doing it whenever he was a champion and, and Jan Blakovich wasn't. But just becoming too gun-shy and worried about getting taken down, even though he has the ability to be strong in that takedown defense, just being worried about it because that's the way he lost. And mainly his age, honestly. Mainly his age. I think he's going to lose to Rakic probably and then lose to a couple other people and they call it a career. Still an unbelievable career. And I, I hate this whole prediction thing, right? Because I hope I'm wrong. But... <laughs> The way things are trending right now, I think I think Jan Blachowicz, this is the last year we will be watching uh, Polish power. Dang, that's a, that is a bold prediction, Jack, I have to say. If I were to give a bold prediction for that weight class, it wouldn't have been that Jan Blachowicz is going to retire this year or yeah. he's going to go on that losing streak. It mm-hmm. would be that Yuri Prochaska is going to lose to Glover Teixeira. I was thinking that, that too. I didn't be, want to say it. <laughs> that would be my bold prediction, yeah. I think. I agree. I think I think Glover is that yep. good of a submission artist, and we don't really know how well Yuri does on the ground. Either. I agree. So I agree. I think that's a pretty bold prediction, if I say so myself. Yep. But um, another little uh, bold prediction that I do want to give out. Um, it's like it's a it's a smaller one, so it's nothing like absolutely crazy. But I do think that Patty Pimblet will break the top ten UFC lightweight this Let's year. Go yes, yes. I just I. I got a feeling the Scoozy, he's he's coming out, he's coming to play. And he and you know what? He may be playing, but to his opponents, he's fighting and he's gonna be winning those fights. He's gonna be one of those fights. That man, he can sell, he can sell anything. He's 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 been learning from Jordan Belfort and the Wolf of Wall Street. He could sell his next pay-per-view <laughs> event. He could sell anything that's happening. Dana loves this guy already. You can already tell this guy will break the top 10 by the end of 2022 and bold prediction for 2023, by the way, sorry, I, I hate to mention it, but um, Cosmo Chamaya is going to be a double champ. Boom. Double there champ. you go. Boom. Double there champ. you go. Double Both 170 and 185. Oh Cosmo is going to break the whole internet come 2023. So mark your calendars. You like, let's take a look at it. Oh, on the watch two years in advance from now. Would you say, okay, hold up. First off, if Patty okay. Pimlet cracks the rankings at the end of this year, I think we all need to buy Patty Pimlet wigs and wear it for a, for a podcast. Yeah. Easily. Sure. I, I, think, I think that needs to happen. All right. It has so, to. The other thing is, too, would you make the prediction that Hasbot has is going to be champion of welterweight by the end of this year? No. No. Not by the end of this year. I don't, think, by the end of, I don't think he's going to get a title shot by the end of this year. I, I think I think he'll get a title shot in the beginning of 2023. And then he is going to move up in weight classes because he's not going to be able to cut the weight anymore. I agree with that. I could see that. 
What's it, what's even the point in doing this anymore? How does that make predictions two years in advance? What's it's 2025, all right? Oh, right. Uh, 2025. Don Jones makes his debut at heavyweight. 2025. <laughs> Calling it now. Oh, my God. Oh, man. In Against the new heavyweight champion, Derek Lewis. <laughs> in 2030, Tyron Woodley's 47 and who against Jake Paul, claiming he'll knock him out the next time. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's tattoos geez. all over Jake. I love Jake Paul. Yeah, he's gonna look like one of the fucking island boys at, the, at this rate. Exactly. You brought it up, Keelan. It wasn't us. You brought it up this time. All right. Yep, that's true. That's true. I did bring it up. I brought it up as a joke, but I did bring it up. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I gotta be honest. I mean, as far as bold predictions go, ladies and gentlemen, that's about as bold as you get. And yet, I can see it happening. You oh, know, yeah. we've talked about this before, especially with Kamsat Shemaev. He is struggling to make the weight. And that's no fault of Chemayev himself. That's not saying he's uncommitted or anything, because he very much is. The problem is he is a bit like Khabib. He's too big for that weight class. And he is murdering himself to make 171. Don't forget that. He's murdering himself to make 171, not even 170. He's murdering himself just to make standard welterweight limit, not just the championship limit. So, I mean, that's why he has to be welterweight champion this year because he's not going to get another chance at it. It's not his ability. It's his body. He's in a fight against his own body to make welterweight championship weight. And I think he's going to really struggle to do it. I think that's the only thing that stands in his way, if I'm honest with you. So the middleweight move, I actually agree with, and I can see him being a future middleweight champion hunter. So, what the boss says in that regard does go because I do agree with you. I think that's a very fair prediction. And yeah, Paddy Pimlet, I like. Um, obviously, it's been rumored, nothing's been confirmed, but we think he's fighting Don Cerrone next to 155, which is a very interesting fight. I have to admit, I do see Pimlet winning that because I think Cerrone's far too slow. I think this is the fight where we see the cage warrior speed of Paddy Pimlet. Whereas in his last fight, he just decided to stand and bang for no good reason and nearly got his ass knocked out. No big, no good reason. He just built a whole fan base. That's that true. Fight. That's all I'm saying. Hey, he gained he like 800k on Instagram off of that. Yeah. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> but he did nearly. He, he got rocked by a, a small. A, he got rocked by a big featherweight as well. Yeah. You know. True. true. Look, don't get me wrong. I love Paddy Pimlet, and everybody should support Paddy Pimlet. But do be aware of everything that happened in the fight. Don't just be selective in what Very you true. saw. Very yes, true. he won. And yes, he, he deserved the win. I'm a big, big fan of his. But he did nearly get knocked out. Let's just be honest here. As long as Paddy Pimlet doesn't get emotional, which is a bit of an issue because he's a scouser, they're emotional about everything. The problem is he fights on emotion. Like, see if you... Let me actually tell people something here because I've seen this on TV. I haven't had the fortune of seeing it in person. Paddy Pimlet's entrance when there's a crowd there is a spectacle akin only to Vanderlei Silva and Pride. That's how good his entrance is. We always talk about fighting emotionless, being cold and calculated in the octagon. That's generally how people become champions. The problem is Paddy Pimlet fights solely on emotion. He fights and crowd energy and he fights and passion, which is a brilliant thing. I am in no way criticizing him for that. The problem is sometimes he can get so emotional that he leaves himself wide open at the same time. 
and one day someone is going to clock him and someone's going to put him down. Now, I don't think Donald Cerrone's going to be that fighter because, I, I, unfortunately, I do think Donald Cerrone is past his prime by quite a bit. But if he does crack that top 10, he is going to have to start being more careful because some of those guys, especially the Michael Chandlers of this world, will love fighting Paddy Pimlet if he fights the same way because that right, that right hook is going to be there all day, every day. And that right overhand will put him down. But I'm on the Jack's bet as well. If he does crack the top 10, I'll wear a Paddy Pimlet wig. I don't care. I like the guy. And I think we should all do the same. We'll name ourselves the three quarters of the Beatles in honor of it or something. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. But the point I'm making is I love those predictions. And I'm looking forward to seeing if any of them come true. Because if they do, we are officially the Oracles because we called this before anybody else did. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Keelan. Even though you said all that, Patty Pimlet quadruple champ by 2023. All right. Oh, That's right? This man's like, Cosmo, I'm going to murder everyone. <laughs> Patty Pimlet jumps up to middleweight to fight Kamzat Shemaev. The Bro, biggest Pat, fight in UFC yo, history. Could you imagine Patty Pimlet versus Darren Till? Oh, oh my Jesus. gosh. How about oh, that fight? God. That's the fight I want to see in 2020. The trash talk at the beginning needs an English to English translator because no one understands what's happening. Like, <laughs> guys, you need an English translator to understand someone from Liverpool now. Can you imagine both of them in Liverpool? Oh, oh you'd have God. to do it in Anfield. You'd have to do it in Anfield. Yeah, that, right? that was, that was, oh my gosh. Don't both walk out to <laughs> Oh, man, absolutely. Well, guys, phenomenal podcast. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, as always, you can listen to us everywhere, literally everywhere, including iTunes and Spotify. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at MMA.Island and check out our website, MMAIsland.net. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Great podcast, guys. Thank you, guys. Guys, yeah, great to be back.